Welcome to another action-packed edition of Patch Notes. Uh, we're here during your dry season of gaming, and we are here to talk to you about all the news that's fit not to print. Uh, my name it's about is... about to get wet. <laughs> but yeah, we're, we're still a couple weeks off from the big fall releases, I think. Yeah, exactly. I mean, some stuff came out, so we can the talk about that. But um, duty. Yeah, 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 right. And I'm sure there'll be lots of good, good stuff coming out about the various calls. Um, but yeah, uh, I mean, I'm Trevor Strunk, Hagelman on Twitter. I'm here with uh, John Bernhardt, as always. Hey. Hello, John. Hello. How are you? I'm fantastic. Um, Wonderful. I'm are you final fantastic? Uh, no, because then there would have to be like 16 iterations of me. <laughs> um, one of them would cost $12 a month. Mm, the best one. Uh what are you? What have you been up to? What are you? What are you doing now? Are you? Are you watching the Raisin A's? Um, I, I've turned it off so that I can professionally um, pay full attention to the job we're doing here, and also because the game is dog shit. I mean, the game's so bad. Oh uh, God, they're just hitting home runs everywhere. Fuck the Rays. Five to one. Um, yeah, at least it's not at the Trop. Um, which, if you're not familiar with Tropicana Field, the home of the Tampa Bay Rays, there's a reason. I mean, Yankees fans get really mad about it. They get really mad every time the Yankees have to go down there. And they sort of, like, talk about it like it's a meth lab that's been left out on blocks up on someone's lawn. Is it? Uh, yeah, kind of. Um, <laughs> as far as sports stadiums go, it's the closest one to that. I, I mean, the Coliseum isn't far off either, the uh, Oakland Coliseum, which is where this game is happening. Uh, if you follow baseball, you may remember the Oakland Coliseum as the uh, field that has flooded with literal shit. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, the, the, three to the, four times the O dot Co seasons, yeah. Over the past couple seasons, um, just because of how bad the sewage pipelines are and what runs underneath the stadium and stuff like that. Yeah, uh, very and, bad. And you know that team, both teams are owned by flint-hearted ghouls. Uh, the A's are a bit less like actively financy. They also get a pass because are. everyone got really excited about Moneyball and made yeah. Billy Bean into a uh, Well, I mean, you put Brad, Brad Pitt in the movie playing your team president. And, yeah, you I mean, know, you, you, you like get it. a little bit of a pass. But also, like, the Rays are literally owned by a hedge fund. Um, Weird. Like, like, like that, not by just, like, a hedge fund owner. And also like, not... not not like uh, basically owned by uh, by a hedge fund like the Mets. Yeah, or or the Marlins. Uh, yeah, sure. Sherman, I think his name is Bruce Sherman. I could be wrong about the last name. But I believe his name is Bruce Sherman. Is a is a hedge fund guy who is the guy who's like bankrolling Derek Jeter to run mm -hmm. the franchise. But that's different <laughs> from like the actual owners being a hedge fund. <laughs> yeah, it's not like yeah. I mean, it, it's it's. It's different in type and form from them saying like, "Oh yeah, we're owned by, uh, we're owned by like, uh, what would they be owned by? Uh, Bear Stearns." Yeah, I, I forget the name. It's like it's like Horizon Group or something stupid, cool. like something completely. I don't think it's actually Horizon Group, but it's something that antiseptic. Are you and obviously sure there, it's there's not a, called Horizon Group? That I mean, sounds pretty right. And, I mean, and there is a principal owner. There's a principal guy who goes out there and says, you know, we're not going to raise payroll above $23 million this year or something like that. So good. They're um, going to be bad for so long. I, they're I mean, not bad. I, That's the thing. They're not bad. The Marlins? Oh, the oh, oh, Rays. Sorry. Yeah, the, the Rays. Rays. The Rays. Yeah, I'm the sorry. Rays I, are the I, I ones. The yeah, no, Sherman is, yeah, the, the Marlins are going to be bad for so long because Derek Trinker well, doesn't know what the fuck he's doing. Well, the Rays are good because they have extremely good... They just have extremely good. Uh, they're they're yeah they, they have a good organization. 
They've yeah. got, they know what good baseball players look like. They know how to identify good baseball players when they're 18 and 19, which is what you actually want. You don't want, like, you can't identify good baseball players when they're 13 or 14, which is what teams are trying to do in Latin America right now, which leads to basically puppy mills, but for children. Uh, these these academies that are churning out these Latin American uh, baseball players who are literal children who aren't getting a proper education and who are just like basically we're going to roll 1,000 dice if we get two hits uh, out of that 1,000 right. we've made back our investment because we're investing so little in each individual kid that yeah who fucking cares if their life is ruined yeah it's sort of like it's a, it's a much cheaper version of what the Phillies did in like a ton of their drafts that mm. completely and their bombed. international signings. Yeah. 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 Uh, like the volume that, over. The, yeah. Where the volume it's like, Oh, whatever. Like Carlos Ruiz cost $8,000 to sign. I mean, yeah. And then he was their catcher for the world series team. <laughs> it's not like, you know, anything at that point's a win. Yeah. And uh, so what the Rays can do is they can identify when a player is going to be good when he hits double a, and that's the inflection point for baseball. Sorry that this is now a baseball podcast. It's a baseball podcast now. Um, uh, basically double a is the point. The first point that a young baseball player is going to be seeing a professional-grade breaking ball. It's the first mm-hmm. time he's going to be seeing a professional-grade fastball that is controlled. So in other words, where a, a, a the guy throwing 95 will know where he's putting it. Because most of the time, guys who throw 95 in single A, they're throwing 95. And if you've never had a 95-mile-per-hour... I'm someone who stopped playing Little League Baseball because I get hit by a pitch five times in two days during a tournament. Mm. And those kids were only throwing, like, 55 or 60 at highest. Yeah. Yeah. uh, And it was terrifying, and it hurt. If you've never had a 95-mile-per-hour fastball go by you, that can literally kill you if the guy doesn't know where it's going. Um, But what that means for professional players, it's easier to lay off the guys who have no idea what their their location is on those 95ers. Uh, A guy who can locate 95, that's a different beast, because if you don't swing at it, suddenly it's still a strike, but it's a strike somewhere you can't hit it. Yeah, exactly. And, and then if he's able to locate his curveball, which is a completely different pitch, and it looks completely different coming in, well, then you're fucked. And if you can't figure out how to become unfucked in that situation, you'll never be a major league hitter. So double A is that inflection point where and, – and the reverse is true for pitchers because they start running into hitters who can stop swinging at their pitches if they can't <laughs> locate 95 miles yeah, per hour. Yeah, Kyle Drabeck's Kyle just like over there nodding. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, you know, so it works both ways. And double A is the inflection point. The Rays are really good at telling just from a couple innings in like high A or low or, or you know, early season double A when they're doing midseason trades, who the guys who will succeed there are and who the guys who aren't. Like Willie Adamas is the guy. Uh, he's playing shortstop for the Rays right now, and it looks like the Rays are going to win. And he's had a very good season. He's been a four to five win player this year, depending on how you rate him. Uh, and Adames was the centerpiece of the David Price trade to Detroit. Mm-hmm. And everyone made fun of it at the time because Willie Adames was not a known prospect at the time. Right. He was just a guy in the system. And everyone was like, well, what do the Rays know about this? Well, it turns out they knew quite a fucking bit. They figured um, it out. Yeah. And now he's a starting shortstop for a playoff team. And once it becomes time to actually pay him the money that he's earned for the franchise, they'll deal him just like they dealt David Price. Yep. Yep. That's right. <sighs> well, that's that's my actual job. This is my <laughs> this, <laughs> this is what I do on the should, side. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, I could talk a long time about baseball with you, but yeah. we shouldn't. We should um, do a baseball cast. Sometime. Yeah, I guess we should at some point. One, well, yeah, just like just I'll like throw a, another one in the a, fire. Why not? Patreon bonus cast oh, or something. Boy. Yeah. Well, we just have to make its own Patreon, I think. Mm. Um, in any case, uh, 
video games. Uh, video games, video games, video games, video games are going to space, my friend. I mean, everything's going to space eventually. Hmm. <laughs> That's grim. <laughs> Yeah. But but sooner than later in, in terms of video games, because um, an actual space mission, as Luke Plunkett points out at Kotaku.com, has picked Sonic the Hedgehog as an official mascot. Yeah. So it uh, looks like it is the uh, a rocket carrying the Jupiter Icy Moons Explorer. Yeah. And, and as the article points out, this comes out of a Japanese um, because because part of the expedition's technology was developed at a Japanese university. Okay. And they have a different tradition of mascots over there than we do here. A much better tradition. <laughs> oh, their their mascots are amazing. <laughs> they're they're yeah. amazing. Um, and you know, it's it's weird for having a mission that's basically going to be hurry up and wait. To have uh-huh. a guy whose mascot, whose uh, whose whole thing is got to go fast, as their um, as their mascot. But you know, I, I think it's kind of cool. I mean, it's not like Sonic's had anything else good happen to him recently. I really like the uh, the the title on it. It's uh, if if it's electrified and wiggles, it's ours. Yeah, that is That's pretty good. Something. Yeah, it's pretty funny. Um, and, I mean, and, you know, I it's mean, suggestive. It's, Oh, yes, definitely. I mean, and Sonic's going to suffer the brand hit of that movie coming out in about um, four months, unless it gets delayed again. Uh, hopefully uh, delayed into not ha- coming out at all. Yeah. Uh, we still haven't seen, I don't think, actual pictures of what new Sonic is going to look like. New, no, we have not. Sonic. Um, I'm really hoping. I, honestly, I'm sad that they changed. Like, I know the backlash was real and it was deserved, but hideous Sonic is kind of cool. Um, yeah, I, I didn't mind actually, it. I don't actually want good Sonic. I, I'm not even sure what good Sonic would look like. I mean, I've, we've all probably seen the edits where a visual effects guy just took a 3D model of, I guess, Adventure Sonic or something and properly mm-hmm. up him and got it working and meshed it over the the existing footage of um, hideous monster Sonic. And so he's a, he's a little bit shorter and bulbier and has the correct eyes and doesn't have human teeth. Um, and he looks perfectly great and I don't like him. Uh, I, I want, I want my hideous monster son, um, with, with the weird legs that don't make sense. Uh, yeah, we'll, we'll see what happens, but, uh, but it looks like it's, it's classic Sonic that's going to space. Uh, yes, it does look like it's classic Sonic that's going to space. Um, and it's, it's not 3d Sonic. It's just. Yeah, yeah, it's space. like it's all right. So like, if you if you like, there's there's different canon Sonics now. Like, there's the 3D Sonic and the 2D Sonic, and the 2D Sonic never like, is sort of like Link in that he never talks and he's smaller and squatter. Yes, and he's sort of like a hobgoblin instead of a person like the regular like the like the current canon Sonic is, which is good because the current canon Sonic is like incredibly irritating. Um, yeah, no, of course, too much. Um, I think yeah, I think it's like it's it's that it's that. You know, taking from the cartoon that was for kids and like and funny to a child, but not to an adult. And they're like, oh, let's yeah. make them all like let's make them real like uh, let's make them real sarcastic. Yeah. And, but then also like the comics had shit like, you know, like half the planet's animals dying or something. Like they got yeah. really serious and dark with n- no real consideration of how to tell those stories. It's a weird thing that like the the flashpoint for Sonic was probably our generation as kids and like. As a result, one can say, like, oh, which Sonic did you watch? Did you watch the Chili Dog Sonic or the Sonic that was on ABC? And it mm-hmm. makes sense. Like, yeah. the, the, the distinction makes sense. You're like, oh, I watched 
I watched Chili Dog Sonic. I caught a little bit of the ABC stuff. It seemed cool. Uh, I watched ABC Sonic. I caught a little bit of the Chili Dog Sonic. It seems stupid. Like, there's like, yeah, there's like, there's a current Sonic show that's like uh, 3D models or something, and it has Shadow and the I hear it's fine. Silver one in. Yeah, it's fine. It also has like weird indulgence stuff. Like, I think that I, I know I've seen scenes from it. There's like a scene that's like Sonic Shadow and Silver or something trying to put together like a a a, a bookshelf and fucking it up. <laughs> Cool. And, and, like, it's an entirely, like, an extended joke about their personalities. And it's like, uh, so how did you get this approved? Uh, but, uh, you know, the thing is that eventually those cartoons aren't being made because anyone in the executive suite cares about the content. They care about, you know, brand representation and maybe syndication and stuff like that. Yeah. And once the executives start, you know, not paying attention, you right kind of do whatever play, you want. Yeah. Play around however they want. So, but, yeah, I mean... It, I think in in the spirit of Sonic, like I, I I'm not a Sonic head. I like Sonic mm-hmm. games, and I've I've enjoyed them more playing them as an adult, like when I have, which hasn't been often. But like, I think they once you know how platformers work and how to play platformers instead of like thinking they're really hard and mm-hmm. and like running your head against the wall a million times as a kid. Um, like I think I think that is um, they're fun. I mean they're fun games. Yeah. Um, I like I'm not a fanatic, uh, but it is kind of cool to see like, you know, classic Sonic represented in a way where it's like, oh, yeah, you know, like the whole point here is um, it's fun. Like we're we're doing we're doing classic Sonic who's cool. Um, I mean, Sonic's never been cool, but people do love that character despite all available evidence that they shouldn't. Oh, yeah. Um, I mean, it's cool to see him in, uh, I guess, going to space. Yeah, and it's cool to see him in a way that like is un you know undoubtedly cool. It's like okay, yeah. cool. I, I can I can handle this version of Sonic being in space. It's like it's neat Sonic. It's not like yeah. truly awful Sonic. And honestly, um, like we've set so much stupider shit to space, like Elon Musk's yeah. car. Yeah. Um, that you know, well, yeah, fine. Send Sonic out there. Yeah, why not? See what happens? He's probably not going to be as bad as uh, Elon Musk's car. No, definitely not. Um, you want to do the next one? Yeah, so uh, this has been a thing for like I want to say it's like been a thing for years now. This whole I feel like it has been yes underrunning will they won't they thing about uh, Overwatch characters coming to Nintendo Super Smash Brothers, um, and it's mostly been a thing because it hasn't happened. If that makes sense, like it it seems like it would be the next logical step, especially once they start adding um, Solid Snake. And uh, yes, strife. And, and Bayonetta made more sense because she was a, a Nintendo, Nintendo property at that point, right? Yeah, uh, Nintendo at least published the second Bayonetta game. I don't think she's actually owned by them, but they control the publishing rights for her. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, and it's just gone go- farther afield from there. The Persona guy, Joker. Yeah. Not, not we live in a society, Joker. The Although he could Joker. show up there too. You yeah, never he know. He could. We don't know. Well, no, no, he can't because he his rights are under control by Activision. No, mm. never um, the Mortal Kombat people. Yeah, 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 because of uh, yeah. Injustice and Mortal yeah. Kombat. So he his cameo is obviously in Mortal Kombat 11, uh, where he looks like a Tory. Uh, we've discussed this on the program before. We have. Just like go back a couple weeks. Tory. Um, so, yeah, so it, they've got the good Joker. Um, and, <laughs> you know, and like Chain Chomp is it? No, not, no, Piranha Plant is a character. Like, they have gone to the well. 
for this. Yeah, and, and they're you know, not unwilling to do kind of like out there stuff with it. Yeah. Like if Tracer shows up, she is not going to suddenly be like, oh, the aesthetic properties of this uh, of this game don't fit what she goes for. Unless your belief is that like Western characters can't go in to. Uh, Which is a weird Bros. belief. And you're sort of like you're kind of. I think, like, calling Solid Snake not a Western character is technically correct, but Mm -hmm. uh, spiritually incorrect. Yeah, and it's like, where's the audience for Smash these days? Like, this is is a game that at least draws, I want to say, most of its player base from the West. Like Quite quite a bit of it, yes. As was Metal Gear Solid. Mm It was a game that was more successful in the West than originally it was in Japan. Um in fact, that's that's true of most of the early editions. Persona, it's true of. Dragon Quest, it's not true of. I believe they have the hero in there now. Um, mm-hmm. They but, do. You know, they you just know, added him, yeah. Yeah, but Bayonetta was also a huge success in the West. I mean, uh, this is a game that caters to a Western audience, especially with Samus being a mm-hmm. launch character. Metroid has always been more successful over here than it was in Japan. Um, so, yeah, I mean... Uh, Overwatch characters coming to Smash feels like a logical progression. Apparently, Blizzard wants it. Like they're, you and know, that's like that's actually like the real bit. reason that I could see it happening is that yeah. like Blizzard's like, can we please do this? Yeah. Um, because I mean, it's you know, uh, at a certain point, it's Nintendo turning down free money, yeah. which I don't think Nintendo likes to do. Uh, I, so. I don't know. Nintendo's weird. They're yeah, really I guess weird. That's true. Um, and I, I can believe that. They are putting this off for internal political reasons uh, that we just don't know anything about because uh, Nintendo has a lot of weird stuff for strange, especially related to their online services. Um, so I could understand this being a situation where uh, there are things that need to happen, like in terms of other characters that need to go in or check boxes that need to be checked off, I guess, in terms of licensing. Um, yeah. Because it's, an, it's a Western company versus a company that they have uh, deeper connections and ties to. Uh, because, obviously, Nintendo knows all of the people behind these other characters very closely. Like, that, that industry has a lot of giants in it. The giants don't change very often. Um, and they and that, I mean, that's a reason... That's a good reason why, I mean, that's the one reason you can say, like, is it is it a Western character? Can the Western character be in it? I mean, that's like a, a viable thing to say, like, well, okay, fair question. They may not have as much comfort with Blizzard as they do with yeah. um, all the other devs. And, you know, and that stuff could be overrated. It could be underrated. Um, it could just entirely be down to... Are these two C-suites so dysfunctional in ways that make it so they can't talk to each other? Uh, and that stuff has happened before. We can't say, you know, to any degree. But if you got Jeff Kaplan out here saying uh, in public, quote, to the Smash Brothers team, whatever you char- whatever character you want, we love them all. They're all our babies. You can have any single one of them. We have 31 to choose from. Seems... Like a fairly straightforward position that the company is holding. Yeah, I, I find it interesting, though, that, that like, the question still is uh, how many more people are going to be added to Smash. Like, I get that that's the appeal of the game, but that it has such a huge player base at this point. Mm-hmm. I mean, at some point you're getting into, like, you know, Mugen territory or something like that, where it's like, okay, there's too many. Like, I mean, yes and no. I mean, how many different characters are there, actually? Like... A Smash character is put together out of a couple... Uh, it has very dis- discreet things that they do. 
And while each one is put together from different pieces, eventually, you know, it's not like, you know, and I haven't played Universe or whatever, Ultimate, uh, that much. But Mm -hmm. it doesn't feel like you've got, you know, characters that are being introduced with entirely new rule sets. Um, It's fair. I mean, yeah, uh, types of characters, sure. But then you're also sort of asking, like, oh, is it like... Okay, so what Overwatch character? Maybe this is a question we should be asking. Mm-hmm. What Overwatch character is actually going to provide a new sense? <laughs> like, what Overwatch I mean, character Tracer, could you add? Tracer is the logical choice, not just because she's the most popular, but because she's the most mobile, isn't she? Yeah, she's fast. I mean, is is it that much different than someone like um, Fox? No, Fox. Yeah, no, but it, that makes her easy to design, doesn't it? Like, if you make a Fox that's slightly different uh, and put Tracer. In there with that move set, uh, you have probably not introduced a huge thing that will break your game's yeah. meta, but you've also got that licensing synergy. Um, and that's fair. You know, that's maybe, a good point. I mean, it's 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 sort of like a low bar for entry there. Mm-hmm. And I, I mean, and uh, ultimate is like fifty characters now, or whatever the fuck. So there's always going to be arguments about who's broken, who's OP, what the meta is, all that stuff. Sure. Um, to the point where it becomes hard, to, like, it becomes so hard to balance, it becomes easy to balance, if that makes sense. You can just sort of do things. Um, because no matter what you do, as long as you're still working within the same prescribed s- guidelines with the same, you know, underlying baseline philosophy, you can't actually design something that's too broken because out there there's got to be something that counters it. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, I, I don't think, like, eventually they will have, to, like, this is one of these things, that, there's this Aquid uh, strip uh, where they're talking about uh, cell phone truck nuts. I knew you'd be talking, I knew that would be the word yeah. you were going with this. Yeah. Um, and and Ray is, is telling, I think, Roast Beef, or maybe it's Pat, about uh, he's giving him the full the full patter, and you know the the first model is the the you know just two nuts hanging off your phone, the second model is three nuts, the fourth model, uh, the third model is a single nut because at that point value is nonlinear, yeah. So maybe for the next Smash Brothers they just go back to a focused ten character roster, and then they start this build out again. To make you pay for the character packs and the DLC. Yeah, um, I could totally see that. I like a, like a return, a Smash Bros. Classic or something yeah. like that. Yeah, um, because that that like the first the first game was was eight or ten something like that. Um, you know, it was Titan focused. Um, looked like shit because it was an N sixty four game, but you know, there you go. Hey, what are you gonna do? Um, okay. Uh, well, let's talk about the news everyone cares about. Um, yeah. Everyone's new favorite game, uh, the Untitled Goose Game. Honk. Um, yeah, honk. I have not played it yet. Um, oh, yeah. I've, I've I, I will. I, I will eventually. Um, it looks very fun. Um, it's cute. It has some of the same aesthetics as uh, Donut County. Yep. Uh, seems like it's a little more popular than Donut County. Just uh, maybe, a little bit. Yeah, because it's a. Uh, it's a little more. Maybe it's a little more fleshed out. Uh, um, it's, it's also very memeable. Like the, uh, the, yes, it seems that way. It's the the goose herself. I assume since it's not a gander. Um, the goose herself is this like dead-eyed monster that is incredibly cute. Like you have to sort of see the goose in motion because the goose's head doesn't move. 
Mm-hmm. It's got these like dead beady eyes, and the rest like of the a body, goose has. Yes, like a goose has. I, I, I've seen people uh, um, have said that this is like the most honest portrayal of an animal in a video game that they've <laughs> ever seen because geese, you know, move like this and uh, are assholes like this, just not yeah, with sure. maybe the intentionality or the cartoon cuteness that um, <laughs> that the untitled goose has, and that's her, fair enough. The untitled goose. Um, but the waddle, the like, the, the whole thing where the body keeps moving with the neck while the mm-hmm. head stays perfectly focused on what she's looking at is incredible. Um, honking, obviously, is fantastic. Uh, the fact that you're mostly like messing up the lives, but not really like injuring or killing people, uh, and that they're all like Tories from small town England is yeah. fantastic. Uh, a lot of people compared it to Hitman. Um, I feel okay. like. It's it, that's a sort of a facile comparison, but not one without merit. Um, a lot of the you're, you're, what you're trying to do is you're trying to complete objectives, and you do sort of have to Rube Goldberg machine them from time to time. Mm-hmm. And there are stealth aspects of it. Uh, the stealth aspects are maybe a bit overstated uh, in terms of people comparing it to Hitman, um, uh, mainly because none, none of the British pull out a hunting rifle and go after you. Um, yeah, right. That's, they sort that's of just, right. They sort of just tolerate <laughs> that you're here yeah, to you make their lives. Yeah, you don't get killed. Lives. Yeah, they, they tolerate that you're here to make their lives miserable because you are a goose. Um, and so, you know, the, the way the game works is you get, you get a list of objectives to complete. Uh, the first area is a garden. Um, so one of your objectives is have a picnic, and that means stealing all of the stuff you need to have a picnic uh, and putting mm-hmm. it on a pit, picnic uh, blanket uh, down in the right-hand corner of the map. Uh, another goal is rake in a lake. Got to take a rake. Put it in the lake. Uh, another <laughs> is to force the gardener to wear his summer hat um, instead of the flat cap he's wearing. And of course, you know. And why not? The right? way, yes, because all the, all the goals are nonsense, bothersome things like this, and it's fantastic. And obviously, the way you accomplish the rake in the lake, uh, rake in the lake only really has one outcome. Uh, and, yet, and that is a stealth thing. You have to learn the precise path by which you drag the rake out through the garden and into the lake. Uh, but for, say, getting him to wear his hat, there are a couple different ways you can go with that. Basically, you need to make him bend over to pick up something or do something or turn off something. And there right. are a lot of different somethings you can have rolling around in there. Uh, the easiest one probably is there's this single rose planted uh, in, in the garden of Abbey Russell uh, from Giant Bomb. I believe made the observation that it might be like hit, uh, the rose from his wife's grave or something, which would make it fuck up, fucked up if you buried her in the garden. But it could be like a pet's grave or something. Yeah, right. Exactly. Um, it, I, it, I think it's okay. Either way, it's odd that there is this like vegetable garden, and then there's just one cordoned off section that has a single rose planted in it. Uh, and the and the gardener is very protective of this rose. You pick up the rose, you pull it out, and you drop it off in the pumpkins, and he will come running to replant the rose. Like, uh, and, and it's interesting because there's, there's a hierarchy of priorities here. The gardener and all the NPCs will care about certain things more. Um, the only thing more, things more important than the rose to the gardener than the... Uh, the only thing more important to the gardener than the rose are the rake and the radio. Mm. Um, which is important because if you want to try to, say, distract the gardener with the rose and then go pull the rake out behind him... As soon as he sees the rake's gone, he's going to run after you and, like, yell at you, and you're going to flap your wings and honk at him, and he's going to take the <laughs> rake and put it back where it was. Um, 
So you can't distract him with the rose. What you need to do is distract him with, say, the sprinkler system, because the way to turn off the sprinkler system is all the way on the other side of the map. And then you grab so the that, rake that and drive it. It does remind me of Hitman in a lot yeah. of ways. Yeah. You're basically like setting people's actions up. Yeah. Uh, there's no gunplay. There's no, uh, there's no, like, you know, kit. There's no, cha- uh, maybe there are challenge missions later if you beat it. I haven't beaten it yet. Um, but, it, you know, it's, it's very, it's like a 250 megabyte game. It's very simple. It has a very clean art style. It has inspired all sorts of memes um, because it's such a, such a clear and powerful idea of uh, mischievousness without pain. Let's Some say. of the memes are fun. But yeah. I, I find, like, I find, and this is going to be weird for coming from me, but I find the, the, the leftist goose mm-hmm. to be really irritating. I mean, I, I find it to be, I find it to be gritty to me. It is gritty to me. I mean, you're going to find that for everything. That's I know. capitalist. And then you're not wrong. <laughs> but, like, I, mean, I just, I don't yeah. like that. Like, I don't like the goose yelling, like, you know, property is theft, honk, honk. Well, I mean, that's it's, just, it's like, it's so it's on the nose. Yeah. It's so, like, overdetermined. Um, I do like the ones where it's, like, they did, like, he honk, and it was uh, the goose just as, dressed as Jack Frost from um, Shin Megami Tensei yeah. in Persona. My that's favorite, funny to me. My favorite one is the goose with the master sword, I think. Mm, good one. Yeah. Um, or like the goose with a knife. The goose with a knife <laughs> is so fantastic. Um, this is but yeah, no, so I mean, multi-purpose. It's, it's, I guess like what's weird. What's weird about it to me is the is the nature of the game. Like the way that what it what it attempts to do, what people have made of it, and like where that kind of intersects and where it totally goes off course. And I don't know, like I, there were some really interesting tweets that I, I'll probably cover on a separate show or, or it's not really the place for it here. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause it's sort of like more analytical than, than sort of news. But the, uh, uh, Ellie Guro, uh, who is uh, Liz, Liz Ryerson, um, she had some, some thoughts about, about uh, goose game. And, and one of the thoughts was, you know, like, you assume it's fine. Like she doesn't have any real thoughts one way or the other about it. But like, she's wondering why like games like this and with this art style and with this sort of like happy-go-lucky, clean lines. Um, well, let me see if I can find the actual thing that she said because mm-hmm. uh, I think that might be might be helpful. Um, as I wasn't thinking that I was going to bring this up, but I thought it was pretty smart. Um, so Liz says. Um, uh, I find these uh, so someone uh, the, an, an account uh, at Metasynthy, uh, Naomi Clark says uh, saw that the Goose Game was called out as a quote game catering to SJWs, which is like quite a watershed moment of diehard insular identity gamers on one side of the mountains and anyone with a shred of joy and openness in their hearts on the other, mm-hmm. um, which is a funny thing to tweet. Uh, and Liz points out, and I mean like uh, Naomi and she get into a bit of an argument, and I always I always kind of glaze over when I see. Uh, um, arguments on Twitter. I, I I totally get why one would not. I'm not trying to you're say famous, that. You're, one of your most famous tweets is about this. Yes, indeed. Um, but uh, like Liz makes a good point of uh, no offense, but I find these quote "you're with us or you're against us" battles of compulsory support for consumer products really annoying. Masking of other dynamics. I don't have any problem with the goose game, but I don't have to pretend like I have any stock in its success. I think it's kind of lame to go into the mode of low reactionary gamers don't like it, so all the people who matter are in our camp. And it just feeds that kind of binary thinking, I think, that poisons the space. 
I think that is a fair concern mm-hmm. uh, where like when games that are memeable are fun and and, you know, like games that are memeable are, you know, fun to meme. But the question of, you know, what are we what are we sort of masking by saying like, haha, everyone who's like cool and politically good likes the goose game and every bad gamer doesn't like the goose game. Like, is that like, that's not really an interesting conversation. It's um, not, it's not also, it's also just not a comment on the goose game. <laughs> yeah, no, it's, 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 it's a it's, comment on, it, you know, it, it's, it's the, the, the meta conversation. Like, yeah, no, I agree. I don't, I don't actually, and I, I think Liz wouldn't either yeah. uh, based on, based on her first tweet. Like I don't, I haven't played the goose game. Like I said, and I, I plan to though. Um, but I, you know, I asked the the Goose Game people to come on the show early on. Like, I thought it was going to be cool uh, when it was announced. It seemed really fun and, and interesting. Um, I'm not going to say I got ahead of the hype because it was still getting hyped up at that mm-hmm. point. But, like, it was it, – it seemed like it was going to be fun. And then it became, like, a total, like, watershed moment in gaming. And it's like, okay, cool. Um, these people seem totally nice. I don't – it doesn't seem like they have bad intentions. And, I mean, we got in trouble for saying that about Epic – uh, which of course Epic, someone pointed out to us, Epic did have a ton of crunch, and an article came out about it that neither of us had read. Yeah. Um, but you know, I don't think that's going to happen here. This is a small studio, and it's generally a passion project. It's like maybe there was crunch, but it's like that weird moral gray area of uh, self-imposed crunch, yeah. uh, where we blame capitalism, but it's hard to get angry at the people who put it on themselves because you know they don't like it as much as we do. Um, but, you know, I think the meta the meta commentary about Goose Game is important to think through, which is that, like, it's very tempting to look at Goose Game and say, like, all right, great. We found like our, our next meme, like we found our next thing that everyone likes online. Let's ruin it as opposed to like taking it as a game and being like, oh, what's what's interesting about this and what's not interesting about this and what questions should we be asking? Yeah. Um, but, you know, that's maybe beating a, the same drum I beat a lot. But it is just something that I wanted to bring up. Yeah. And we're absolutely going to ruin it. Perhaps we already have. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, 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 of course. I mean, I'm not... I say this not thinking that I'm going to have any effect on whether or not <laughs> the game is ruined. It will be ruined one way or the other. Uh, the only way you can enjoy something like this is enjoying it on your own terms. Um, and I think that's fine, and I think you should. Um, I just think it's worth some some self-reflection. Um, in any case, uh, we're at the part of the show, I believe, where we talk about what games we've been playing. Indeed, this is going to be a short one. Yeah, um, it is. Well, there's not much news. Yeah, well, eventually there will be, and then we will rue the day. <laughs> I can't wait. Um, John, we're both we're both now playing Final Fantasy XIV, yeah. and I feel so bad for you that not, you uh, are playing for the content of the uh, post uh, A Realm Reborn patches because, um, as someone who's almost through them and finally to the good part of them, um, the first three patches are some of the worst gaming I've played in a long time. Yeah, I'm truly, doing, truly dire. I'm doing the part where I'm doing bullshit. I, I just finished uh, Titan. Um, okay. Yeah, you so, have a long time to get to those patches, my friend. Uh, you have to get through all of a realm reborn. Yeah. First. So I, I, I just finished Titan, and it was, it was very obvious. That the localization team looked at what they were handed and said. Um, I guess there's a way we can do something with this, because yeah. the entire the entire Titan quest is bullshit. Um, it's, it's not good. It's uh, doing like household chores for characters for yeah, and then at the end they reveal that there was no reason for it. Yes, and they just... um, uh, and before that I, I, I'm playing Arcanist. Um, 
So mm-hmm. what that so before that I got to run up against the uh there was like a session where I was doing the refugee camp storyline alongside the end of the Arcanus quest before you become a summoner or a scholar. And that just meant like a solid four hours of uh, gang rape and forced prostitution and sex oh, trafficking. Gosh. And Jeez. yeah, it gets, and it's weird because the game obviously like, not what the pugilist uh, storyline. Yeah. Was. I mean, the game doesn't actually want to dwell on this shit, so it doesn't, but it's there. And it's like, you know, and they present and they sort of embarrassed, move on uh, and you know and i the timing is correct for that storyline to be a reaction to the rise of the game of thrones style of fantasy mm-hmm. um and apparently that stuff is de-emphasized in the later expansions which would make sense because the game of thrones style of fantasy uh has been in decline a little bit because uh, yeah the, I would say so. Yeah. That's that's true. Um, um, yeah, no, it's it's a it's a weird game because it's old at this point. Like, yeah. Because there's like there's it, there's an age to it. Um, this is an odd thing, but anyway, uh, sadly your, though, on a your coach. urge to content is uh, is truly um, profoundly uh, deranged it if is. you're interested in playing these, but. I'm uh I'm I'm there with you. We'll, we'll see how we all feel by the end of it. The sad thing is that like I'm actually enjoying playing it. This is the first time I've enjoyed playing it. I'm I'm, I'm on a controller, and it's sort of like a rhythm game. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, which is fucked up. I, I don't want to enjoy playing it in them. I certainly don't want it as is was the case with the Arcanist session for the gameplay to be the best part of the experience. Like I wanted to be a secret world thing, where mm-hmm. I'm you know actively fighting the MMO system to get to the good content that's hidden within. Um, if, if they could actually make the secret world play like this, uh, I would still be playing the secret world because the secret world is like, it's the, you know, it's the, uh, vampire, the bloodlines game, the Troika game that never existed. Yeah. Right. Um, it's fan. Like the actual, you know, material in that game is fantastic. You just have to unfortunately play the game to interact with it, which is hideous. Um, and, and Final Fantasy yeah, is differently. And, on, and honestly, I like a lot about the world. It, the aesthetic is good. A lo- it looks great for a game that's like six years old. Yeah, um, and I mean, I think the world building is fantastic in yeah. it. I, there's a ton to like about it. Uh, it's, but yeah, yeah, I, I, I'm just I'm stuck in the part where I have to. Um, and I'm and I'm lucky. I've got a bunch of friends who. Um, still play the game and are on the server I'm on because this isn't my first time playing it. I tried to get into it uh, a year or two back and bounced off of it around level 25. Uh, yeah, fair enough. So Those are the harder levels. You'll you'll make it through. Yep. And then I'll cancel my subscription after giving them another $60 for this expansion. <laughs> awesome. Exciting news. Uh, but what games are you playing beside that? So I have gotten into beyond, uh, besides Untitled Goose Game. Uh, I've beyond Good and in, Evil? Yes, classic Good game. And Evil. I've reinstalled the HD re-release of that. No. Um, <laughs> I've been playing Code Vein. How you been liking Code Vein? Uh, I am enjoying Dark Souls Vampire Waifu uh, fairly, <laughs> uh, a lot more than I thought I would. Um. Mm-hmm. I think the gameplay is really good. I think that uh, there's a lot of interesting dynamics between how the game rewards going into melee. So basically you regain mana by hitting people oh, with cool. your melee attack. So if you're playing caster, what you're really playing is a you know a back-and-forth, light, roguish 
character who casts their spells, runs out of MP, then chooses their spots to go in and hit the hit the enemy to regain magic, and then retreats out of cast range. And hopefully, because you always play with a buddy, uh, usually it's an AI an AI partner. Um, hopefully, your AI partner. Uh, is usually you want to choose the tank guy, and hopefully he'll draw aggro, um, so that the boss isn't just chasing you around the map. Um, and I, I haven't played the online version uh, yet because I hate other people. Uh, I've sure. only played the offline version, but uh, you can play it offline. That's actually that recommends it quite a bit. Yeah, um, I, I believe it's it's a thing because you know obviously connected to the internet is the cheapest and most effective form of uh, piracy prevention. Uh, I believe you do have to connect to the internet at some point in the installation process or the the first load in order to get online uh, or in order to play the game. A friend of mine figured this out because Steam had an outage the day Codefane <laughs> launched, so he got the game oh, no. downloaded and installed, and he go to he he went to run it and it couldn't connect to the internet because Steam was down <laughs> and he couldn't play the game, even though the game has an offline mode. Um, so weird. apparently you do need to, you know, at least talk to a server somewhere um, to say, yes, this is a legitimate copy of the game, go forth. Uh, and then you choose offline and you never see another person again. Uh, yeah. If I had to say about the, pro uh, if I have problems with the game, it would be, so it's, it's a Dark Souls. Um, all your normal Dark Souls theories apply. Uh, you mm -hmm. die, you drop your souls, you have to go get them. You die again, you lose the souls for good. You have limited healing that is restocked by going back to your bonfire. You know, all that good stuff. If I had to say, if I, if I had a problem with it, it would be that so far at least they're really, really buying into the whole ambush enemy conceit. Oh, okay. I want to say uh, it's gotten a bit better with later areas. Uh, I'm in an area that is like literally just anime and Orlando now. Um, That's cool. Um, but even then, it's a bunch of hallways. And what they do, at least in the early these early areas, is it's just all these cutback hairpins with enemies hiding um, in blind spots. Sure. Yeah, of and, course. And, you know, that's fine. But the way you, you, you need to space that shit, like, that can't be the entire level. Um, and it sort of is for the city parking garage section. Um, mm. Uh, but there, there is also an open like swamp area, which has, which also has a lot of ambushes. Uh, they love ambushes in this game, but they, they at least in different biomes have them coming from different directions. In the swamp area, which is sort of a below ground cavern thing, um, they are hiding in deep water or over the side of a cliff or something instead of behind yeah. a, a blind turn. And that's fine. That's good. Um, it sounds more fun. Yeah. yeah. And so, and, and they've, they've streamlined the leveling system a little bit. It's the case where when you level up, you just level up. You don't choose attributes. Um, all your attributes are imposed upon you by a job system, which is a, very much a Final Fantasy job system. What it does is you're in, you're, uh, when you apply a job uh, or a, 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 what the fuck are they called? Like, they're called codes, I believe, blood codes, uh, titular code vein. Um, <laughs> when you apply one of those, what you apply is a set of skills you can use. And if you use a skill long enough uh, to learn it, then you can use it with any job, uh, okay. which is a very FF job system thing. Um, yeah. And also cool. what they do is they change your scaling. 
So, you know, the caster has better scaling for the intelligence magic stuff than the fighter has. And fighter has better strength and dexterity scaling. So your scaling isn't locked in to whether or not you spent a bunch of your levels on strength or dex. Uh, oh, great. Because all that your levels do is affect your very baseline underlying health MP uh, type stuff. Uh, and it, it doesn't seem like a game where leveling up is going to fuck you. Um, it seems like leveling up actually does give you substantial benefits. So it, it does feel a little bit like Dark Souls light. Um, I would not say it's easy. <laughs> you will run into bosses who will wreck your shit until you either appropriately level up or f- figure out how to fight them. Um, right. But, it, you know, it's... Uh, and I know, I'm not going to say it really does anything new. The, the co-op stuff is cool. Um, I assume that in multiplayer you can play with a friend instead of just having like two of you with two bots um, i'd have to assume you could yeah but the you know it, it it's one of those and it's it's so anime um you know the, the female lead is a barely dressed porn star with the mental age of a 12 year old so you know if okay if, if there's a hot springs right off your main base Come um on. <laughs> yeah you know it, the two other female characters at the base, one's a MILF, one's Jailbait. They know what they're doing. It's that sort of game. Um, okay. Well. So, you know, if if mass market anime bullshit is up your, um, you know, is something you're into, uh, this game will deliver. And, and honestly, it, it fucking front loads it, too. Like, the first 30 minutes are cut scenes and then, like, uh, you know, waifu peril. Um, hmm. Where, you know, she's held back with the bosses so they can party while you go out and do something. Um, and and uh, they don't get into... that. It doesn't get, like, really gross. Uh, all those people die uh, before anything really bad happens to the waifu. But it's... Um, in the, okay. If you're not... If you're not prepared for anime, then... Uh, then you're gonna, you're gonna bounce off it, maybe? Probably. I mean, or you're just gonna think, this is really fucking weird. Yeah, I could see that. I bet a lot of people are feeling that way about it because it was really billed as a as a Souls game yeah. at first, and anime second. And, uh, and I was and happy it, someone yeah, it is a Souls told game. me it's it's uh, it's but it's very much it's yeah. very much anime. Uh, and, and you know, it gets. I won't say it gets less anime. It gets less obviously anime. Like you know, uh, the the one Western character is a Russian chick in a stereotypically Russian hat, like the, mm-hmm. that that sort of like fuzzy black. Yeah, no, I've seen and, that character. Yeah. Mia, I believe her name is. Very Russian name, Mia. Yeah, sure. Um, Naturally. Yeah, so, I, I mean, mean, why not? If you're going to make her stereotypically Russian, give her a name that matches. The game is on its bullshit. Um, and I assume it will stay on its bullshit. But it is, as far as the game aspect of it goes, it's very fun as a, as a Souls game. Nice. Okay, cool. I will check it out. Um, I've been playing um, Pathologic 2 when I, when I can. It is... Um, I mean, you can hear more about it on the episode I released this week, uh, the main episode that I released with um, with Kevin Snow. Um, it is a fascinating game. Uh, Kevin has more to say about it because uh, they uh, localized it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so a little, little different uh, than my experience with it. But it is um, it's a reimagining of the first Pathologic. It is uh, unforgiving, and it has, like, a very clear... It makes a very clear aesthetic choice to be unforgiving. Right. I'll put it that way. Um, it like the point of the game is that nothing is ever going to work out, mm-hmm. and it 
it feels oppressive to play in the best possible way. It is a really cool game. It is on sale right now, so, uh, you know, treat yourself if you haven't played it yet. It's very good. Um, it is not a game that you're going to want to play all the time. Yeah. Um, it's not like a... Uh, it's not a game that's going to be fun every moment. It's not, you know, feel good or easygoing or anything, but it is good uh, and kind of worth playing from a from a narrative perspective. Mm-hmm. It's worth playing from from the perspective of a uh, if you like uh, when games try something new, uh, when you like that they take risks uh, when they're dealing like I. I'm not saying this to make fun of Code Vein or to, to cast aspersions on Code Vein, um, because I really, you know, I'm a, I'm a sucker for Souls likes. But um, Pathologic Two is difficult in a way that Souls games are not. Yeah. Um, it is it is a different kind of difficulty, and it's much more sort of frustrating and harrowing in its own way. So I would, yeah, give it a try. How it's very good. How much better are the graphics? Because I've played Pathologic One, uh, and one oh, of the things significantly better. Uh, one of the things about Pathologic One is much like System Shock Two is in that uncanny valley space, where the way that how quote unquote bad the graphics were and heightened the experience. Does were they able to at least keep a good continuity uh, yeah, of aesthetic there? It's it's very much the same aesthetic, and it is very strange. Okay. Um, the strangeness does not go away at all. Um, in the same way that I, I hear what you're saying, because I'm worried about that for, for System Shock 3, yeah. that it won't be as strange. But um, I uh, this game is very weird, and it, it, it puts you off from the get-go. Because um, the characters, I'd say the character models are much better done. Mm-hmm. Uh, they look great, uh, but they are very very strange um they don't seem immediately human and like the weird guys with the dressed in black with the masks are still around like oh that's still there so it it feels like uh i mean it feels like nothing less than a like a russian novel in game form in some ways but like it's you're it's, the star of it in a lot of ways and, and that is terrifying if you ever read a russian novel yeah is it still doing sort of like the the dostoevsky majora's mask thing where you have x number of days usually like I think yep. it's three and then you're on a loop yeah through. it's it this game is uh 12 days 12 days okay yeah um um yeah no it is uh and the the only difference between it and the main game uh well i mean i guess it's a total reimagining it's not a remake right. so there will be many differences but the the main difference uh, that you'll find is uh, it is um, it's being released in episodes. I don't know. I don't know how much that's going to be a thing moving forward. Like, I don't know how successful it was or how much it's going to be able to episodes. follow through on its on its uh, promise of episodes. Yeah. So, you know, I mean, this might be the only one you get, but it's um, it's releasing them in ep- episodic. Uh, so you play you can play as a. Um, one of the characters okay, every so time. It's, it's by campaign, not by timeline. All right, that's a bit better. Uh, yeah, the the flirtation with episodes recently is weird. Uh, I know it basically almost put IO out of business when they did it with Hitman One, and they're going to come back and apparently do it again in Hitman Three. And obviously, Square is doing whatever the fuck it's doing with Final Fantasy Seven. Um, yeah, I, I I couldn't tell you. Yeah. I'm like I'm 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 excited about that game in spite of myself because the the actual like release. Uh, schedule for it makes me so irritated. Yeah. Um, I don't like it even a little bit. Yeah, it's. Uh, I mean, I'm already. Pre- I'm. I'm girding myself not to like it. 
you, uh, and I was never the biggest Final Fantasy VII fan to begin with, but, you know, it, the gameplay looks like Final Fantasy XV gameplay, which I didn't really like. Um, and I know that there's a turn-based system. You can play classic, apparently, if you want to. Um, oh, okay. Uh, you know, but... I really, what I really would have preferred to see, I think, is is them just reimagining Final Fantasy VI. Really, just stomp on people's childhoods with that one. A 3D Final. How do you mean? A 3D Final Fantasy VI with Kefka, voiced by Mark Hamill or some shit. Um, <laughs> you know, I, I, I've never really loved Final Fantasy VI either. So, you know, I'm, you know, eight is the one. Eight and nine are my personal favorites. But I didn't like eight, and I know that's like. These days, that's basically sacrilege. Um, I should probably replay it um, as a as an adult who can mm-hmm. stand to have some patience, uh, because I just I gave up. I got so irritated with what was happening. I was trying to find like an island at some point, yeah. and I couldn't. And I was like, I give up. I hate this. It is um, a train wreck of a game that actually somehow has easily the most believable love story in any of the Final mm-hmm. Fantasy games. Uh, just n- not the most believable anything else, especially not all if the other only, characters. If only, there, if only that was what I played Final Fantasies to, to I mean, get. It, it, uh, that's what it was stories. sold as. I mean, if you look at, at oh, the trailer. Oh, I know, yeah. You know. Squall, and, Squall and Renoa. Yeah. yeah, yeah, No, and I remember their names, which means, like, the characters must have had some impact on me. Yeah. But, yeah. Um, so, yeah. And it had a triple triad, whoever everyone Yeah, and uh, the triple triad, the game that Final Fantasy IX tried to make and just made it worse. Oh, that was, yeah, that was disappointing. I do love Final Fantasy um, Man, though. Yeah, that's a cool game. Um, but yeah, no, it's, uh, we'll see. Uh, but yeah, no, Pathologic 2, definitely play it. It Even if they don't come out with any more, it is worth your time yep. right now to, to give it a shot. Um, so, yeah, give it a try. All right. Um, John, are you doing anything fun uh, this week? Anything anything that people should be reading? Anything that people should be cheering you on about? Are you uh, are you pitching for the Yankees? Uh, no. Are you doing anything I wish. like that? I'd throw the game, get banned for life. Um, wow. No, I seems I, like not the best move. I finally published my review uh, of Dawn of War three over at Goonhammer. Uh, that game okay. was a disaster. Uh, I resent the time that I spent playing it. Um, wow. Uh, it was it wasn't fun, but next week I get to I get to play Space Marine this week. Warrior, uh, Warhammer 40k Space Marine, which is a fantastic game. Um, hoping to do some multiplayer for it, so that'll be coming out over on Goonhammer.com next Tuesday, I believe, is when we publish. Goonhammer.com for all of your Goon and Warhammer related Correct. Um, cool, cool. Um, I don't really have anything coming out. Um, I have a couple things uh, on the docket that will come out at some point soon. But uh, I hear you run a site uh, called just no like, Cartridge. Yeah, I was gonna say just go ahead and listen to the go ahead and listen to the Kevin Snow episode if you haven't yet. That's a fun one. Um, there'll be more stuff coming out this week. Uh, I have a a, a, a a Patreon episode that if you're at Patreon.com/slash/NoCartridge, you can listen to and. Uh, yeah, otherwise, not not too much. I'm kind of kind of doing the dad thing instead of the writing thing these days. Nice. Yeah, it's not so bad. All right, John. Well, uh, thank you for being here. Thank you for taking time out of the uh, ever fascinating uh, wild card weekend. Yeah. Um, you should have. We should have known this would be a bad one because the wild card always has uh, one good game and one complete dud. I mean, let's uh, be honest. Uh, the the Nats Brewers game was also a complete dud until like the ninth inning. Well, I mean, so like, I think one of the one of the, the the things that Wild Card Weekend can do is it can produce a good game because it's exciting. 
Yeah. Um, very rarely is there a good like all around game. Yeah. Like even that uh, that uh, Royals A's game that was really fun when the yeah. Royals won the World Series that year uh, the the Leicester A's game um, that was a fun game it uh, it sucked as like game was <laughs> <laughs> like it was good because there was like a turnaround yeah uh, you got to see something happen that you didn't expect but um, yeah no I mean we that was the one we saw so this one could only possibly be the the garbage one. Yep. And it was. It, it's over. It's 5-1 Tampa. Oh, it ended at 5-1. Yep. Jeez. That sucks. And it doesn't look like any, um, anything especially interesting happened since we started recording. Gosh. Well, uh, I do not feel bad taking you away from that, then. Uh, um, okay, wait. Before you go, who's winning the World Series this year? Um, my preseason pick was the Phillies because I don't treat preseason. Oh, well, yeah, they looked pretty good. Yeah, I don't treat preseason predictions as, like, what do I actually think is going to happen? Like, those... Oh, I think that's perfectly reasonable. So I, I choose like, what do I want to happen? Um, mm-hmm. Now that we're at this point, though, it's it's the Astros to lose. Um, I would agree with you. I think, especially now that they have Greinke, yeah, I know. that is a that is a monster. I team. think Washington uh, has uh, a chance of going on a run, but yeah, I could see it. I don't only if Davy Martinez doesn't like sabotage them completely. Uh, yeah, I mean, there was that tweet today about. Um, how, like, all these players are better than Bryce Harper. Um, and, like, even Juan Soto, who looks great and will maybe have a better career than Bryce Harper. I don't know. Like, he looks like a generational yeah, player like we'll Harper see. is. I mean, yeah, he's fine. He, Soto looks like a generational player, but uh, Bryce Harper is a lot better than people think. Well, I looked at their, their wins above replacement, which, like, I don't care too much about war, actually, all that mm-hmm. much. Um, but um, I... Uh, I looked at their wins above replacement and they're identical. So I mean it's not like it's not like the, the team is like truly, truly if they're if they're improved, it's because they signed uh Corbin and yeah. they didn't lose too much from losing Harper. Like I, I'm willing to believe that. Um I don't think that this is a team that is unbeatable. Um I mean if they if they means. were if they were unbeatable, they wouldn't have been playing a wild card game. So well, fair enough. But yeah, we'll see. I mean, I would say coming out of the NL, I'm going to give it to. I'm going to say the Dodgers okay. again. I mean, I think they'll just come out of the NL, and I think the Astros will beat them. Yep. I mean, I just you know my my head wants to wants to give Atlanta more credit, but my heart says fuck the Braves. Yeah, I don't like. I I guess I guess Atlanta could come out of the East. They're a really good team, but I just I don't I don't like yep. them. I just don't. Um. I don't like how they built their team. I don't like that they're in my division. I just yeah, there's nothing. I don't like there's the nothing whole to like Cobb about the County place. Stadium shit. Yeah, no, I don't, I don't like their mascot or their chop. Um, so yeah. Okay. Well, well, that means uh, the Braves then. are going to win. <laughs> <laughs> Braves are going to win the. It's going to be a Braves Yankees World Series, a repeat of 1995, where we have to hope for uh, the Braves to win to free us of the worst fate. Yeah. Yep, yep, yep. And then a Patriots-Cowboys uh, Super Bowl. I can't wait for this year of sports. John, um, I'll see you again yep. next week. Same time, same let's place. Pray, let's pray for, you know, it's uh, it's Code Vein and uh, Max Payne and pray for news, yes. right? That's how the rhyme That's goes. How it goes. Okay, great. Uh, well, I will talk to you then, my friend. See you then. <laughs>